Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go on in the dark. My name is Tori. My name's Taylor Shy. Welcome back to the pod. Hi. Hello. So we have, I think, two or three updates. Three true crime updates. So instead of like our normal, regular mental health roundup, just check in. <laughs> mental health roundup, I <laughs> love it. Basically like rounding up the only serotonin we have yes. and seeing if we have any left. Um, instead, we have three things to check in true crime wise so of course probably by the time this comes out everybody's already heard about it and stopped talking about it but carol baskin didn't kill her husband no he was found alive in costa rica living his best life good for you don don i think is question mark good for you don i've never seen tiger king oh it was so entertaining i was so convinced she really did i never i never watched it just because i I'm one of those people when it's really popular, I'm like, I don't want to fucking watch it. I watched it because I was bored and I watched it with the person I was dating at the time. Mm. And the only fun part about it truly became all of the memes they ended up editing Mm -hmm. from it. So that was, it was very entertaining. But I also like, there were a couple of people in the documentary that they interviewed that I thought were like good people. Like, Mm -hmm. I forget his name, but the man who lost both of his legs, like he was pretty chill. Did he get bit by a tiger and lost his legs like that? I don't know if it was tiger related, but I know it was animal related. And one of the people that was interviewed, I don't know what name they go by now, mm-hmm. but I do know that they identify as male now. Yes. They were bit by a tiger and he had his arm ripped off and like still went back and started working with tigers again. And I'm like, that's Hello? fucked. Couldn't be me. I mean, no. here's the thing. I say couldn't be me, but also like I had a really shit week at work this week and I'm still going back on Tuesday and being like, hey guys, yeah. what's up fuckers? I'm here. Yeah. So but, I guess, you know, mental health, so. mental health ripped out, arm ripped off. What's the difference? Exactly. Same thing. You know, same thing. Yeah. So that's one of the updates. The that's other one the I'm very excited about because I saw it in the email mm-hmm. has to do with a case we did recently. Yeah. So I'm not going to get to that one just oh, yet. Oh, sure. Okay. Never mind. Because um, I have more that I wrote about that update wise. So before that, um, we, of course, wanted to extend like our mm-hmm. like well wishes and sympathies to the family of Jennifer Brown. She was, mm-hmm. she lived and worked in montgomery county so very close to where we are located in Mm -hmm. pennsylvania um she disappeared on had been missing since january 4th Mm -hmm. um her friend and like business partner question mark question question mark mark, reported her missing and basically said that he had not seen her after um she he had watched her son overnight for her. Mm-hmm. She was reporting missing after she failed to pick up her eight-year-old son from school. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they have recently discovered um, her remains that she was partially buried in a um, in like a field, mm-hmm. um, kind of near. Yeah, she was found partially buried in Royceford. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, they're they have not put out or not publicly talked about what the cause of her death is Mm -hmm. but i'm guessing because clearly it's not really acts you can't accidentally bury yourself what are you talking about i've done that before exactly no but all jokes aside like it's it's, obviously there's some foul play and yeah i was saying to tay last night i think my prediction is that they're going to release the 
manner of death, mm-hmm. i.e. either suspicious, homicide, suicide, yeah. what have you. And then they're not going to release the cause yeah. of death. Because when the Delphi murders first happened mm-hmm. in 2017, and now all that news came out and they found the, the found Abby and Libby, they released that it was a homicide, but didn't release, you know, yeah. what what happened. Yes. And I, they do that, like like we talked about in the Delphi mm-hmm. murders episode, Purpose to make was, sure yeah. that, you know, and because think about it, if, if they say, all right, well, this person was killed, and they don't say how the person was killed, and you interview someone, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, she was shot, she was shot, she was shot. And that detail wasn't released, but then someone's like, oh, oh yeah, like how her throat mm-hmm. was slashed. That must have been horrible. Like, yeah. But that was never released, and that you know her throat was slashed, you know that person's a killer. Yes, but if they if someone comes in and be like, "Oh yeah, I strangled them," that's not their cause of death. You can yep. rule out who exactly, the is. exactly. So, I I feel very bad. However, I do I do assume that more than likely this will probably be a case of not necessarily domestic violence, but dating related violence, mm-hmm. and or I feel like more than likely this was not a stranger that harmed Mm -hmm. her so i give out so so much sympathies to the family right now because and her eight-year-old son her eight-year-old son that's so sad and all of uh, many thanks to all the people who were looking for her and tried to help very sad that this i have been seeing this and like following it a little bit um for the search for a little while Mm -hmm. now and unfortunately she was discovered i never knew she i never Saw that, which is surprising because mm-hmm. I follow a bunch of like social service providers mm-hmm. in um, yeah. the county we live in, as well as Montgomery County, just because like when you work in the yeah, domestic like violence agency area, you're, you're going to exactly. know about each other. Exactly. I mean, even though I work in mm-hmm. the Lehigh Valley, you know, I still keep up with all the counties below me and above me mm-hmm. just because in social services, people tend to go yeah. from county to county very yeah. easily. Anyway. So, like, I never knew that she was missing. And when you brought up last night, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because I feel like because we don't live in, like, Philly or Newark or New York or, Mm -hmm. like, a big city, we don't often hear people going missing in the counties that we're in. Because Montgomery County is not, I would say, probably very similar to the county we live in, Mm -hmm. where it is very, um, I'm trying to think of the phrase, like, it's. I feel like some of it's very rural, some of it's very yeah. suburban, but it's not urban. No. I would not call Bucks County very urban. I would not no. call Montgomery County very urban. No, they don't the, have really big cities. The county where the I county. work in, yeah. um, the Lehigh Valley, are the two, those two counties that, that yeah, might be. you my, have larger cities. We have, we have Allentown, we have Easton, we have Bethlehem, yep. like we have big cities. Anyway, so I, it was very interesting to, for, for, to hear... To have you tell me that someone from Montco was missing because I feel like nothing happens in Montco. No, it's you usually know I mean? such a calm area and like it's usually the normal kinds of crimes, the like the day to day and the stuff that everybody has everywhere basically mm-hmm. is what's going on. Like there. theft, maybe like maybe yeah. a, probably a bunch of DUIs, maybe a home invasion, if yeah. that. Like the, D, we normally like don't. Those things yeah, we normally don't everywhere. see like a missing person and no. a murder. It's kind of like when the Bucks County murders yeah. happened in 2017. That was it was like it rocked deal. the fucking. It rocked Pennsylvania. It rocked Eastern PA because that yeah. shit doesn't happen, especially because like. Eastern PA, if that happened in Philly, it still would have been a big thing. Yeah. But the fact that it happened in New Hope and Solberry Township, where it's so small, it's so like, teeny, tiny. shit doesn't happen. Yeah. So and it's, they're basically, yeah. like, little tiny tourist towns that mm-hmm. you walk around and do your shopping in. Like, exactly. that's not a town that you would think of. Like, exactly. I don't even think of, like, that as being a place where you experience a lot of theft. No. Because like, like it's so small. Exactly. You barely, you can literally leave your door unlocked and leave your bike outside. Yeah. No one will steal it. Yeah. So, no. like, yeah. So that was another update that we had. Yes. And that was... um. 
you know, very sad. I feel very bad for her, for her son. And this, um, me and Ty were talking about this business partner friend that she had. He made some very choice comments during a the interviews. Odd. It's a little strange. And there's some things that I feel like clearly they're not, media is not able to release, but also that there are some like suspicious things that are going on that makes me think that there is foul play here and that yeah. this is a case of someone who very much knew her yeah rather and, than a stranger and i just feel like i don't know maybe it's just me like tay and i were saying like we're not going to say that like men and women can't be friends but a little odd the fact that she dropped off her eight-year-old son at on her friend's house night. on a school night like me and tay were talking like yeah she's gonna love my kids i'm gonna love hers when we eventually both have kids <laughs> but like we're sure as shit not entertaining those kids on a fucking weeknight. Yeah. Unless it's an emergency because oh, yeah. we're going to make each other's kids monsters. And we know mm-hmm. we don't want to deal with that bullshit in the morning when you have to go on the fucking bus. Exactly. like Not our problem. It just There's something about this situation that it makes me feel like there should have been more cause for alarm to mm-hmm. begin with. Because if his story is correct that she dropped off her son on a school night mm-hmm. and then wasn't seen again... I feel like as a friend, you'd have way more questions about where they're going to be exactly. or should be because you don't you don't take someone's kid overnight that's mm-hmm. school age that has school the next day mm-hmm. unless there's like a really good reason. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, yeah all 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 the you know yeah. sympathy to her family to her son. It's a fucked up situation, and yes. you know we'll and we'll be keeping an eye mm-hmm. on it, and hopefully there's justice is served quickly and that they figure out Mm -hmm. what happened to her quickly agreed but our very last update that i have so there's been more recent updates that have happened about the boy boy in the box case Mm -hmm. so very exciting news they have been able to identify who his biological parents are so his biological parents have been identified as mary elizabeth betsy Mm -hmm. as she was called abel and augustus j or gus zarelli Mm -hmm. of philly Mm -hmm. so betsy was 21 when she would have given birth to joseph close family members say that they are unsure if joseph had been adopted or put up for adoption as betsy had done um had done that previously with a daughter that she had had three years before him okay so there is a good possibility that potentially betsy did not raise Mm -hmm. um did not raise joseph and he was not in her care during his time of death Mm -hmm. um as well as one of the family members who was interviewed for this and like confirmed on her side, like that Betsy was the birth mother, uh, said that they were younger than Betsy, mm-hmm. um, but they don't remember Betsy really being pregnant mm. at this time. Okay, so I there's a good likelihood from like what if the, what this family member is saying checks out that she may not have ever told her family she was pregnant mm-hmm. and given him up for adoption. Makes sense, yeah, and especially at that time because it was very. You yeah. don't want to have a child out of wedlock, this, nope. that, and the other, and especially being that young and unmarried. Like, mm-hmm. if you were married and that young, it wouldn't yeah. be an issue, but being unmarried that young and having kids, even today, yeah. if you're 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 People years old. Yeah. People exactly. Have some comments exactly. and rude shit to say Ex- about Especially it. if you're that young. Yeah. So it makes sense, and I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, we kind of heard about how, I think it was... An, not, I don't think we talked about it because we didn't do Ted Bundy yet, but I think Ted Bundy's mom was pregnant as a teenager mm-hmm. and they sent her away to like a pregnant woman's school mm-hmm. or whatever to give yep. birth so that no one around them knew that she was pregnant. Yes. I wouldn't be shocked if that's something that Betsy did or either that or she like went to family in another mm-hmm. state so that no one knew yes. she was pregnant and that's why her family doesn't remember it. Yep. And one of the things that they found is the family believes that the older daughter that was adopted out was handled by a Catholic, a Catholic adoption organization. Mm-hmm. So... 
not shitting on the Catholics, but Catholic adoption organizations are not well, known for well. And here's the thing: some safety. not to mm-hmm. like bring in. You know, I've been recently watching mm-hmm. Sons of Anarchy, mm-hmm. and if you watch Sons of Anarchy, in yep. one of once, um, Jax is the main, ca- main character's son. Abel gets kidnapped and taken to Belfast. Mm-hmm. They he's put in a, in a Catholic adoption agency by the IRA. Yeah. So like, spoiler alert, sorry, whatever, but it's also it, been, the out, show has been over it's been out for, for like over 10 years. Exactly. But still, cause <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil it because I'm still yeah. on the sixth, the sixth season yeah. anyway. <laughs> but like in that, they are essentially ba- like um, baby farms. Yes. Like you literally drop off your kid that you think you're giving them to a good religious organization. And then they're just this house that is a room the size of our pod room that could Realistically, if this was a nursery where we're sitting, I'd probably have one bed in here unless I had twins. Yeah. But like this is big enough. It's a small room. Mm-hmm. Like they would have like crib, crib, yep. crib, 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 like like 10 cribs in this room yeah. when it realistically should only hold one or two. Yep. Just to like have the kids have room, whatever. Absolutely. So like that's not the most comforting thing. No. And more than likely also possibly that Joseph was adopted out. Mm-hmm. Um, the family member who confirmed the parentage does not believe that Betsy was responsible for Joseph's death. Mm-hmm. People, of course, had quickly found the Zarelli family and Gus's children due to the rarity of their last name and mm-hmm. had been harassing his children and accusing the family of being involved in his death. Oh, shit. Um, but which is horrible because all of the children deny knowing anything about Joseph. Mm-hmm. So more than likely, the family, neither side yeah. of the his birth parents knew. he was adopted yeah so and, like it's it's it, it, yeah. it's it's a double-edged sword because on one hand it kind of makes me feel better that like the birth parents weren't the result weren't the yeah. ones who were abusing him but also it sucks because that kind of leads to a dead end almost almost because then how are we going to figure out because he never had a birth certificate issued mm-hmm. so who adopted this child mm-hmm. um but the zarelli family attorney has said that at this time the police have not made any claims to them that they believe that gus was responsible or even knew of joseph's birth Oh, wow. Okay. So they believe the family believes that Betsy got pregnant and never told Gus. So how old was Gus when Bre- Betsy got pregnant? Do you know? I believe he was also in his early 20s. Okay. Yeah. And that would make sense if they're not married. Because think about it is mm-hmm. especially if she was and I'm not shitting on this because, yeah. you know, we're very sex positive. But mm-hmm. if she was a very pres- promiscuous person and she was just hooking up with Gus or this was like a casual dating thing, that she could be like a that that was the particular father. And if she always had it. If she had also done the same with her daughter from the previous, from before that, three years earlier, if her plan was always that she was going to adopt out this child, just telling the dad probably would just get in the way. Exactly. Because then, you know, if you list the father Mm -hmm. as unknown on the birth certificate, you have full parental rights to that child. However, if you list that child as his child, Mm -hmm. if you put him up for adoption, he would have to to sign off. He'd have to sign off. I mean, granted, there was no birth certificate, but I've worked with a client who Mm -hmm. in like August gave birth and it was her abuser's baby. And Mm -hmm. she gave her, her child, her abuser's last name hyphenated with hers, but she she put the father as unknown okay. so like he has her la- his last name but yeah. the father's unknown so she has full parental rights nice. because like it's yeah. they're you're not on his birth certificate you know what i mean yeah. and i think it sounds like the family may be very much telling the truth and that it sounds very accurate that he may not have even known that betsy ever was pregnant with his child yeah. that they didn't stay together yeah they weren't really genuinely dating so mm-hmm. how would he have known yeah um but police have confirmed that joseph was living on 61st and market area of philly and confirmed that the zarelli family did not live in that area and was living all the way on like callow a callow hill street how did they how did they found out where he lived that's they didn't release that part of it mm. but they do not not believe that joseph ever lived with the zarelli family or ever really lived with betsy at this point well it makes sense because think about it. like if if, he, if her oldest daughter if her the oldest child she had when she was like that would have been what 
19, 18 when she had that child? Yep, 17, she was 18? 18 years old, yeah. Think about it. She had that child out of wedlock at 18, gave it to a Catholic adoption agency. Mm-hmm. They, they're not going to, they take that baby with nothing. Like, you yep. take and that baby, no name, no, no nothing. Exactly. Where they go. You, it's like almost impossible to track down. I mean, children. even now, even now, as if you give a, a child for adoption, like mm-hmm. sometimes you can have a closed adoption where you literally give that baby yeah. up and then it's like you have no idea where they are. Absolutely. That's it. And that's exactly what usually happened during these times. There wasn't really mm-hmm. open adoptions very often. And yeah. It was and that, because that's closed. a newer thing, too. Yes, it is. Which actually, this kind of segues really perfectly into the case that I'm oh, going Christ. to cover today. So I want to give so many warnings. We are going to be talking about child abuse, child sex abuse. Um, kidnapping human trafficking this is what we're going to talk about today is basically the epidemic of stolen children and the georgia tan um we so interesting i've never i feel like i've heard the name sounds familiar but i don't know if that's because i've heard of it or because i saw it on the spreadsheet that we had so like it could be either one of those but um it's interesting because this is about children and then the case you have after this is going to be like a long one possibly two or three parts which is heads up to y'all it's gonna be fucking dope yeah i have no idea what it's about but it's gonna be fucking dope Mm -hmm. i started researching a case um that is about murdered children and my last case was about murdered children so i'm so sorry sorry, guys we've just been like i guess on a really sad sidetrack of like Mm -hmm. murdered children yeah i don't know why we're like this um sorry sorry we love y'all we appreciate y'all and i know um i i i just want to bring out some um some we got some feedback on our last episode (laughs) the mcdonald's scam one erin she was like what the fuck why are people so stupid and i just want to bring that up because that was really fucking funny to me (laughs) me i was like last i was at work last night so fucking bored and i saw that someone commented on my post and i looked and it was erin she was like how are people so fucking stupid and i was like erin i love you yeah like you're the best wild but we're (laughs) unfortunately taking you to a place of murdered children again but why i say this is a good segue is we're going to be talking about adoption we're going to talk about george tan george or georgia georgia okay you're talking about a woman not a baby not a kid no right now we're starting off with her georgia okay yes so georgia tan was born beulah george tan in 1891 to judge george tan Mm -hmm. in philadelphia mississippi is it philadelphia mississippi I guess there is. What I didn't the fuck? until I was researching researching this. I didn't know that, that was a thing. I mean, I guess. All right. Yeah. So Tan graduated from Martha Washington College in 1913 mm-hmm. with a degree in music, and after graduation, worked briefly as a teacher until she then switched to social work in 1920. Mm-hmm. So in 1920, Tan began to work at the Kate McWillie Powers Receiving Home for Children in Jackson, Mississippi, where she began to take advantage of her father's second district courtship to steal poor children to then adopt out as orphans for the receiving home. For profit. What? Uh, so her bosses then figured out, um, then however figured it out, that she was using her legal connections to steal children from poor families to financially profit off of uh, adopting them out and fired her. So because of this, she was basically ran out of town and moved to Texas for a little while. So when she was in Texas in 1922, she adopted her daughter, June. Mm -hmm. Shortly after being in Texas, however, she moved to Tennessee, where she would again was able to use her father's political connections to get a high powered position at the Tennessee Children's Home Society. Okay. So... Shortly into her role at the adoption agency, she quickly took complete control, naming herself the executive director, mm. uh, which we worked work, once worked for a place where they named themselves executive director. They took being executive director and then named themselves CEO of the company. Yes, which like which is hysterical. I, mm, mm, 
how do you do that and how do you like also i i feel like i don't know i guess nonprofits do have ceos but i feel like yeah. a ceo of a nonprofit feels kind of weird to me sometimes the first uh nonprofit that i worked for we well we were also like one department inside of a bigger umbrella that like mm. housed all of like they had like what do you call it? head start they had head start like all these things mm. all were from this one big gotcha, umbrella gotcha. okay yes that makes sense. social services corporation mm -hmm. which is why they were a ceo we had like mm -hmm. a cfo and like it was really weird to be like oh, it felt so businessy and i'm like we're in social work and everyone here is poor love that mm -hmm. because 95 percent of the time if you work in social work you're you broke also broke yes <laughs> so she basically named herself executive director, and although the agency was not a licensed center, she quickly got to work making it the largest orphanage in the state. So from the years of 1924 to 1950, this baby farmer stole, kidnapped, or separated an estimated 5,000 children what? from poor families. What the fuck? 5,000. You heard are me you, correctly. Are you going to get into how she did this? Yes, I am. Oh, my God. 5,000 fucking kids. That is where the warnings start to come in. But, um, yeah, 5,000. Holy shit. For nearly 25 years, or over 25 years, she... Wait, so, okay, I need to do yes. some quick fucking math real quick. So, let's say it's an even 5,000, right? Yep. Divided by 25. Mm -hmm. That's 200 kids a year. Yes. What the fuck? Why yep. do you have the time to do that? Why would you even do this? Exactly. What the uh, fuck? Yep. So Tan used her connection to a man named E.H. Crump. Uh, <laughs> Crump. Crump. Yes. <laughs> an extremely well-connected political networker to set up a network of conspirators to assist her with procuring children and adopting them out to the wealthy. So Crump offered her protection in exchange for a part of the profits, which allowed her to create a web of powerful people to assist her in her for-profit adoption scam. Oh my God. So in this network that she established, she had doctors, nurses, social workers, lawyers, police officers, and even a judge assisting her. So she literally was almost untouchable. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yes. So Tan had a few different methods of how she would procure children for her adoption business. Sometimes she would drive down streets in poorer neighborhoods in the surrounding area in her luxury car and would stop and offer the prettiest children uh, that she came across that were without adults rides never to return them. Oh, my God. So her and her network would also abduct children from playgrounds, daycare centers, and even churches. Holy shit. One of the most powerful connections she made was to Judge Camille Kelly, who not only helped Georgia push through thousands of suspicious adoptions, but would also create order or orders for the police to pick up children and grant custody of them to Tan. What the fuck? Yep. So one of the ways that they were able to do this most easily is that they had a plant working at the local welfare, welfare office who would pass the name of any parent and any children they had who had applied for welfare over to Tan oh and then Judge God. Kelly, who would then award custody to Tan on the grounds of neglect and order police to go pick up the children for her. <gasps> That is literally, because I can't imagine, like, even mm -hmm. just thinking about, like, my job, like, how often we have these women come in with their kids and are like, hey, apply for welfare. Like, yep. what the they fuck? They were using the welfare system to basically say that if you were poor enough to apply for welfare, you're neglecting your kid. Holy and then shit. Which, like, kid. some you're applying for welfare to make sure your kid has what they fucking need. Yep. Wait, and so when was this occurring? Uh, Well, this start, she started doing this in 1924. Oh, my God. So for each adoption in Tennessee at the time, uh, it was subject to a $7 fee, which in today's money would be about $75. Okay. Um, but Tan would pay the judge $1,000 for each child. So that would be around $10,000. Oh, my God. In today's money. 
And she got that money from the adoptions? Yes. Oh, so for just the judges cut alone for each child she adopted out they they got 10 grand holy shit so this is the scope of how profitable oh this was holy shit which i'll get into further numbers later but jesus so tan would also steal children from mothers who were in prison or were in mental hospitals so she mm. would use her network of social workers mm-hmm. to identify vulnerable poor adults in bad situations as ways to legally separate children from mm-hmm. their families so she would also then use these legal connections to make it nearly impossible for these parents to ever get custody of their children awarded back to them because they were too for- poor to afford oh attorneys. God. As well as the judge would consistently cite the parents as neglectful and provide them with no legal opportunities to ever prove differently. As well as they would use the closed adoptions law system to then keep parents from being able to find their children. Jesus Christ. So as well as Tan creating connections with corrupt officers made it impossible for them to report crimes to the police and have anything done. And any officers that weren't in Tan's pocket usually wouldn't assist either as they didn't take them seriously given that they were poor. So one of the other... classism. Yes. They really used classism as a basis to be able to do this. And the worst part is like we mentioned before in the Boy in the Box episode that like during this time... Some families genuinely would like mm-hmm. give their kids up yeah. or sell their kids to get money. Afford. Yeah. So like she is even like and if as fucked up as it is that she's obviously stealing kids and abducting them, whatever. She's she, not even giving the families a cut. She she's just she, taking the kids. It, she could have been doing this like in a still in a fucked up way, but in a less fucked up way. Yep. You know what she, I mean? But she well, just chose we'll to be. We'll talk about how she is one of the most absolutely evil and disgusting people that could ever exist. Oh, okay, cool. That works. But um, so one of the other horrific methods that she utilized um, was that after being tipped off by either nurses or doctors at hospitals, she would come to these poor women who were still sedated after giving birth and bully them and force them into signing their rights away to their babies when they were only mere hours old. Oh, my God. Yep. So she or her helpers would also just straight up snatch babies right off the ward before their parents ever got a chance to really meet their children. Holy shit. And obviously it was in the 20s, so there wasn't as many safeguards as there are now. Yep. She literally had people who who would just go in and just grab babies and leave. Jesus. So, and she would often bribe doctors to go in and then tell the parents uh, of those babies that they had stole that their babies had died. (gasps) I was wondering how they got around that. Yep. That Mm. they would just try to tell them that their babies died. And sometimes she'd even lie to them and tell them that because they were in financial strife, she would cover the cost of the baby's funerals (gasps) for them and make all arrangements for them, telling them that they never even needed to see the dead children. Oh, my God. That she would just do it for them. That's so fucked. Yep. She would pretend to be this charitable woman who was just helping them out out of goodness but she stole their kids so given that this horrible woman was stealing children mere hours from birth and bringing them from uh, from the hospital to this orphanage with no medical care when they were only mere hours old a lot of the babies didn't survive of course not so huge trigger warning to come right now this is horrific and awful but these poor babies were also kept in the sweltering heat were often drugged to keep quiet not being cared for by proper caregivers. Some were hung in dark closets. What the fuck? Wait, what? Uh. Yep, to keep them quiet. How do you hang a baby and not have it die? I don't want to know. What the fuck? Yeah, but some were hung in dark closets, beaten, or put on starvation rations for weeks. As well as if Tan saw that a baby was too weak, she would leave them out in the sun to die. Oh my god. So she literally saw this as, like, goods. As like livestock. Yeah, these were worse than livestock. I would never, we'd never even treat, well, 
not mm. me directly, yeah. but um, my grandfather would never have treated his livestock like Jesus. this. Jesus. She would also outright kill disabled or ugly babies. Oh, my God. Um, hundreds of unwanted and unadoptable children died there, mostly from neglect or starvation. As well as during a later investigation, 40 to 50 children died within a four-month time span after an outbreak of dysentery occurred in the orphanage in 1945. Jesus. So many of the bodies were buried on the property, leaving many to believe that there are still several bodies buried on the grounds. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. So when I say this person was a baby farmer, she was a baby farmer. Oh, my God. Um, So as I had mentioned before, the caregivers of these children were not just underqualified, but most of the caregivers at the orphanage. Mm, Huge huge trigger warning to come. I know exactly what you're going to say, and I don't want to fucking hear it. Most of them were either addicts and people struggling with... um, with substance use disorders or pedophiles. Mm-hmm. So molestation in the home was so rampant that at one time, every boy that came to the orphanage was sexually abused. Jesus. Tan herself was also a sexual predator, and many of the adu- abducted girls from the orphanage accused Tan of molesting them. Oh, my God. I thought you could. Well, this also gets worse, and I'm so sorry for having to say this sentence. Tan would also tell these molested girls that it was a privilege for them to be molested by her. She often sold teenagers to single men who were potentially pedophiles, as well as she would often order the children to sit on men's laps and call them daddy when letting individuals that were looking to adopt come and tour the home and choose among the children. That's so fucked up. Uh Uh-huh. So some of the kids were also bought as servants and farmhands, Mm -hmm. knowing that they would be put to work as forced domestic servants and farming slaves. Jesus. So as well as the majority of the children uh, who were adopted were then neglected, beaten, starved, or sexually abused by their new families. Oh, my God. Um, Most of the children from the Tennessee orphanage were adopted out to families in either California or New York. Mm -hmm. And they would transfer these kids in the middle of the night so that police who were not in her pocket would not suspect or know where to follow these children to. Oh, my God. So even if these families had even the smallest amount of means to hire a private eye, they would not even be able to follow where these kids would go because they would be transferred in the middle of the night so she would adopt out the most attractive of these children to celebrities or the wealthy so some of the most famous people to have been adopted by the or that were abducted children um that were then adopted out were to actors june allison and dick powell Mm -hmm. actresses lana turner and mary pickford each adopted children from her writer pearl s buck as well as at the time new york state governor herbert lehman Oh, my God. So wrestler Richard Flair was also one of the children that Tan had trafficked who had discovered this after finding out that he was born in Memphis in 1949 and then was adopted out by Tan's orphanage. Oh, my God. So as well as the most famous of these children were adopted by actress Joan Crawford. (gasps) What? What? Yep. So Crawford adopted five children overall, including her first set of twins, Kathy and Cynthia, uh, were children that she bought from Tan, as well as her daughter, Christina, who later wrote the tell-all book that later became the movie Mommy Dearest. Oh, my God. Detailing the horrific physical, mental, verbal, and emotional abuse the children suffered at the hands of their mentally unstable celebrity mother. Holy shit. So in that movie alone, some of the most damning abuses that Christina suffered at the hands of Crawford was not only witnessing her younger brother being tied to his bed at night, but of course the infamous infamous no-wire hanger scene where Joan beat her barely seven-year-old daughter, Christina, mercilessly with wire hangers because in the middle of the night, Crawford found that one of her daughter's dresses was hung in the closet by a wire hanger. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
So Jesus fucking Christ. It is also reasonable to ask if these adoptive parents were aware of these kids being mostly kidnapped or That's what I was going to fucking ask. Like a governor. A great question. So it's very reasonable to ask if these families knew uh, about these kids being kidnapped or forcibly taken from their birth families. But from most investigating, it was found that the majority of these parents did not know. Jesus. So it's believed that the reasons that there was such a high demand for Tan's children, other than those who were predators and labor traffickers, was that the majority of the adoptive parents uh, that were adopting from her were in their 40s and 50s. And most of them in their states were legally considered too old to Mm -hmm. adopt. Yep. So Tan profited heavily off of her operation and would do absolutely everything she could to make as much money as possible off these children. So she would sell these kids for as high as prices as she could charge. Uh, One of these children, for example, was sold for $2,700 at the time, which in today's money would be around $40,000. Oh, my fucking God. But she would then keep 90% of the profits from this. So she was absolutely financially getting a lot out of this jesus so she was also known to extort adopted families and would come to them after their children were already adopted and then blackmail them saying things like the biological parents wanted their kids back and if they were to give her more money she could hire them attorneys to make the biological parents go away oh my god she would also often threaten adoptive parents who asked too many questions or seemed suspicious of her process with repossessing the children and often would repossess children if adoptive parents didn't make payments on time. Oh, my God. Yep. And then, of course, like once she repossessed the child, she'd sell the kid again. Oh, my God. So uh, she would often lie about the children's ages and backgrounds to adoptive parents to make the children considered more desirable as well as changing their names um, when they were adopted so that making it even harder to find these mm-hmm. stolen children. Yeah, I mean, it. here's the thing. As, as fucked up as this is, it almost... I don't even want to say this because I'm not on her side whatsoever. No. But, like, she did a lot to protect herself when oh, doing yeah, this. Oh, yeah, she thought it all through. And that's why it's so fucked up is because she's, like... like the, Like, it's almost like she's, like, the Israel Keys of, mm-hmm. like stolen kids she it's was a fucking mastermind. crazy mm-hmm. how smart she was in order to tell to change the kids names to do it at night to you know to i just oh. to having judges and social worker social workers identifying these people to convincing mm-hmm. nurses and doctors to like help her steal kids like crazy this woman thought of everything and really used used her power that she acquired really well to protect herself mm-hmm. jesus and Christ. it's so fucked up so, for example, one of the things that she would do to make these kids um, considered more desirable and then more profitable was she would often claim that an eight-year-old was six or tell prospective parents mm. things like the mother of the child was very young and very pretty or the child's dad was very intelligent and in medical school. Mm. So basically, literally just outright lying about mm. these kids' Jesus. backgrounds to, again, extort more money. Um, so fucked up. Yeah, claiming pedigree for these kids or things like that, or Jesus. even just make lying and making them younger because you want because younger kids are more easily adoptable. Yes, unfortunately. So it is. It's a sad fact, but that's exactly what happens. Um, so to try and sell these kids faster and at the high volume amounts of children that she was trafficking at any one time, she created a catalog of all of the stolen babies for these parents to choose from. 
Yep, like you could literally look through a magazine and pick out which kid you wanted. Oh my god, that's like this is not the fucking Kmart Toys R Us toy catalog for the Christmas. These are human fucking lives. Oh, you mentioned Christmas? That's really funny because um she also eventually sent out baby advertisements in the paper during Christmas. At some of these ads that she put in the paper said, "Want a real live Christmas present?" With a photo of a young, smiling toddler. Or even the ad that she ran in 1935 of a smiling young baby boy that read, Yours for the asking. George wants to play, but he needs a daddy to complete the team. She also, at one time, ran a Christmas baby raffle. Where she would raffle off 20 to 30 babies at Christmas time for as little as $25 per ticket. And that there was no limit to how many tickets an individual could buy. Uh, so that would be around about $350 today. So for $350, you could put a raffle in to win a baby. I don't even know what the fuck to say right now. I'm yeah. speechless. What the, uh, what the fuck? Uh, hello? Yep, she raffled children off like they were baskets of fruit. <laughs> oh my God. Like, And no one thought that was fucking weird. So how so my thing is like how many old people are out there who have all this trauma mm-hmm. that like I can't, five thousand people that's a lot of fucking people five thousand human beings walking around in the United States had been forcibly kidnapped and taken and trafficked from their families to then be sold to wealthier people where they were then abused and Jesus harmed. Christ. Like and it's it's and it's she you you know she knew what she was doing by like getting like this was she was making she was making this orphanage easy for fucked up people to go to because they yeah. wouldn't be able to go to a normal orphanage if they had mm-hmm. like yeah pedophilia she thought or about it all because she would sell the prettiest babies to rich people because they would want pretty babies she knew this she would then sell pedophiles children because she knew they'd pay mm-hmm. like she marketed and banked off of the fact that they were not a licensed adoption center mm-hmm. so they didn't have to follow the legal limits of people's age ranges for and adopting. so and so it never got like it never got reported it never got like um i don't know about the reported part i'll talk later about how this finally came to an end yeah but i think she used a lot of her political connections so mm-hmm. even if it was reported who would investigate true who would care yeah true that's so fucked up so during her over 25 years of trafficking children she made in total what would be around 11 million dollars oh money. my fucking god yeah jesus mm-hmm. 11 million so people in power and those who didn't know what was truly occurring genuinely thought that georgia tan was a saint The media around her used to praise her as a foremost leading light in adoption laws, is what they quoted her as. What the fuck? Yep. She would often tour around the country making speeches encouraging people to adopt. During these speeches, she ended up gaining some very influential supporters, including Eleanor Roosevelt, (gasps) who later consulted Tan over potential child welfare policies to propose to Congress, as well as she then became supported by President Truman who not only invited her to his inauguration but he also uh, but she also directly told Truman to adopt kids or to encourage adoption because she, as she claimed adopted children turned out better because of her selective process for finding better parents for the ones 
um, f- than the ones these children were born to, and that with her process, poor kids were going to higher class homes than the ones they were born into. Oh my god, like what the actual fuck, dude? So this classist asshole was trying to say that she was doing a great thing because she was putting these kids into better families and better financial situations, like, although as they're if being a, abused. As if a poor family could not love and cherish and take care of a child. Yep. Like, I have met so many parents at my job who literally have zero dollars to their name and treat their kids better than friends that I've had who had her parents were millionaires. Yep. Like, what the fuck? Yep. She absolutely used this, like, fear and hatred of poor people against that. She weaponized, like, people's hatred for the poor to absolutely say that they weren't even worthy of having their a choice or say in what happened to their own children. So with these very, uh, very high society and powerful people backing Tan, it's understandable to end, to wonder how this ever actually ended. Yeah. Um, so when the newer governor was elected in the late 1940s, he was not in E.H. Crump's pocket and made several changes to office, which then weakened E.H. Crump's political mm. pull and then led to the governor being able to appoint attorney Robert L. Taylor to investigate Tan. Mm. So during a full years long investigation, Taylor compiled a 240 page report. Oh, Jesus. Detailing all of the abuses and crimes that he had found being committed by Tan and her accomplices. Mm. So in this report, he was directly quoted as saying that babies in her orphanage died like flies. So in September of 1950, just days after the attorney general's office announced that they were finally going to be filing charges against Tan for what she was doing fraud-wise, as the orphanage was still funded by state tax dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course... Wait, so, wait, so question, side note. Yes. How was it funded by state tax dollars if it wasn't licensed? Because of the political people that were in mm, her pocket. Once again, it goes back to the fucking... Okay, makes sense. Yes, and yep. although the, this was like an unlicensed center, I think she was filling, filing for grants and things like that to still mm. get state funding, but not be licensed. Which is so strange to me that they would even be able to give money to a place that is not licensed. Because it'd be like me. Like I'm just thinking, like it'd be like me. Like if if I bought a house and was like, "Hey, I'm opening a DV shelter, like mm-hmm. that give to me give me money," and PCADV was like, "Um, yeah, sure, I guess." But it's like, yeah. but I never went through any of the clearances to become a nope. shelter. That's like, basically what? exactly what happened here. So, um, just like I said, just days after they finally announced that they would file charges, which of course they were only filing charges on the fraud point not the kidnapping of course because because of how it is it's easier to care to get the law to care about money than it is well pure example i was just editing the podcast for the last episode we did the dr klein episode like they got him uh, obviously different circumstances but they got him based on like fraud and lying to the state versus reproductive harm Yeah. yeah like Oh, yeah. So this is exactly what happened in this situation, too. But just days after they announced they were going to arrest her, Georgia Tan died at the age of 59 due to uterine cancer. I hope it was fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, but not long after this, the inve- the investigation into Judge Kelly re- um, and had all started. Judge mm-hmm. Kelly resigned from their post and then later died in 1954 without ever being in, char- in charge for their involvement in the trafficking. And in actuality, no one was ever genuinely charged for the crimes committed here. Holy shit. No one was ever prosecuted. Jesus no one ever got in Christ. trouble for what happened that to these 5,000 children. So fucking mad. Mm-hmm. Like, these kids deserve some type of justice. And, they you know, them. they're probably right now, I mean, this was over 100 years, almost 100 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Like this started almost a hundred years ago. Yep. Like there are people out there who are probably still alive to this fucking day who were in Georgia Tan's home yep. and experienced that sexual abuse and that uh, like psychological, physical abuse. Mm-hmm. And like they deserve justice, but they yep. can't because she's fucking dead. I hope she's rotting in hell. I hope so too. And I hope that uterine cancer was fucking brutal. And every single day that she suffered and was in excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. I agree. Fuck her. Mm-hmm. So instead the orphanage was permanently closed. That was all they did, was just close the orphanage. Jesus. And due to so many important people in Tennessee having adopted children from Tan or provided her support during her, or leverage over her criminal career to protect themselves, they sealed up all of the adoption records that Tan was involved in in 1951. Mm. So it made it so these stolen children could only get access to their birth certificates or adoption records after being granted court orders, which they often would not be. Jesus. So the majority of these 5,000 children have never been able to track down their birth parents that they were stolen from. And later the show Unsolved Mysteries aired an episode detailing what Tan had done and aired a segment trying to encourage any parents from the area who had children taken from them to come forward to help reunite families. As well as they showed pictures of some of the kidnapped kids in an effort to see if these parents would recognize them. Mm -hmm. So after this episode aired, a woman named Alma Sipple was able to reunite with the daughters that she had lost. So six weeks after Alma had moved into a one-bedroom apartment in Memphis, she was visited by Georgia Tan, who claimed to be in the building visiting a friend and spotted Alma's baby daughter, Irma, had a cold. Tan offered to take the infant to the hospital as Alma couldn't afford the bill, and the next day when Alma attempted to visit her daughter, she was served a court order stating that Irma was no longer hers and was in the custody of the orphanage. Jesus. Days later, Tan then told Alma that Irma had died from pneumonia, but really she had been adopted to a couple in Ohio and renamed her that had renamed her Sandra. Oh my god. So years after fighting to have adoption records for the Tan children unsealed, in 1995, the state of Tennessee finally lifted all of the red tape that previous lawmakers had created to protect themselves and allowed the records to be open to them. Oh, good. So as well as in 1999, Tennessee became the first state to change its closed adoption laws. Okay. Um, So however... Even with uh, the records unsealed, it is it still hasn't changed how difficult it is for these kids to find their biological families, given all of the measures that Tan and her network had mm-hmm. created to help them keeping from being caught, mm-hmm. so that the majority of these people still have not found their birth. Well, families. it's also think of it, if she's running if she's riding down a street of of, of a poor mm-hmm. neighborhood in Tennessee somewhere, mm-hmm. and she picks up a kid, there's no pr- like. Like, to, she, like, there's not going to be a record of that kid's name. Nope. Because why would she even keep that? Because it would exactly. it would make her look worse. Like, yep. what the fuck? So it's just still extremely difficult for these people to find Jesus. where they really came from. But, however, the organization, Tennessee's Right to Know organization, has been run by historians who have been helping reunite families that were devastated by Tan's actions. Good. So I really want to raise some awareness for that lovely organization who is doing all they can to try to help reunite Mm -hmm. these families and help these children find their real story and Mm -hmm. figure out what had happened to them. But that is the epidemic of stolen children created by one woman who managed to steal and traffic over 5,000 children. The fact that that was one woman's mm-hmm. life work yep. to do that. Like, it wasn't like she was in this, like, net. I mean, she was in a network, mm-hmm. but, like, she created the network. It wasn't yes. like she was a part of a, an already established network and she just made it worse. Like, she made this her own. Like, what the fuck? Yep. 
Like, oh my she god. She made this her mission to literally steal children from poorer families who the, she thought was undeserving of having their own children to then sell them for profit literally used these children as less than livestock to make money she made 11 million dollars off of stealing children but also like i don't know get a fucking job uh-huh. like don't steal kids for fun don't, yeah, don't steal don't kids for profit like get a fucking job who would even think to do that what kind of a fucking monster would think you know what? This poor family that's struggling, instead of trying to help them, mm-hmm. you know what would be good? You know what would be better and what I think is better for them? Literally straight up taking their fucking baby and then I'm going to sell the money and keep it. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? What? Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. That's so fucked up. I can't believe that fucking happened. Like that, mm-hmm. that, sa- that sounds like it kind of reminds me of like when Morbid says that like, oh, that's one of the things you hear in a movie and you'd be like, that's not real. Yeah. That's fucked up. Like, this is one thing that, like, you'd see in, like, a a Criminal Minds Mm -hmm. or Law and Order, and you'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, this sounds so unreal. Like, how could this ever be possible? Oh, my God. But it is. This woman outright stole, kidnapped, and sold 5,000 kids. And aided in their sexual abuse. And I'm wondering how many of those kids, not, like, once they were adopted out, got killed by the people that were adopted by them. And there's no real way to know or care. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody cared about what happened to these kids. Jesus Christ. She just, she treated them as disposable. It's the same as, like, there's no way to know how many babies really, truly died in her care. Mm-hmm. That she literally outright murdered children that she thought she couldn't profit from. Like. Ridiculous. This it's is. Fucking ridiculous. And she was a child molester who molested mm-hmm. kids and told them that it was a privilege to be molested by her. That the is... only privilege that exists is the privilege of her dying. Exactly. Like, oh my god. Like, I, I have no fucking words. Up. I literally no. have no fucking words. I know. This is one of the most fucked up things that I've ever stumbled across. Yes. And I'm so oh sorry god. to Jesus ruin everybody Christ. like this. But Holy shit. People need to know about this. This is yeah. a part of our nation's history. And this is a part of 5,000 people's story. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like government officials Mm -hmm. literally adopted these kids you know what gets me is you mentioned the joan crawford thing i've never seen mommy dears i've never uh, i don't know i don't know anything about joan crawford her kiddos but all i know is that i remember Alyssa edwards playing her on snatch game and she was did apparently did a very good job because everyone was laughing but like i didn't realize like the no more wire hangers i didn't know like that quote what that meant yeah i thought it was about abortion no it was about her abusing her kid. Like, I watched this movie with my grandmother when I was probably, like, 13. Oh, my God. Such a fucked up movie. But, like, it that movie is so brutal and so sad. Like, the whole time you're watching it, because it's written by Christina, her daughter, mm-hmm. whom she adopted from this fucked mm-hmm. up, horrible woman. And this little girl, or this woman, she experienced all an awful childhood at the hands of this woman who everyone just kept telling her you're so lucky that's your mom because she's so wealthy she's so famous Mm. she's amazing blah 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 blah. she's such a great woman to adopt children like one stop acting like you're a saint because you give Mm -hmm. the bare minimum you're doing the bare Mm -hmm. minimum of giving children a home first off second 
just because this person is wealthy mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're a good person. <laughs> yep. How I mean, fuck, how many famous people do we know that are shitbags, but they have millions and millions of dollars? Mm-hmm. Fucking one of the richest men in the world, fucking Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. They're ass wipes. Yeah, they're, they're the dick bags. Horrible people. Like, this is all alleged, of course, but currently, right now, there's a huge custody battle and lawsuit going on between Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt because mm-hmm. Brad Pitt from her, what she had said, abused their children. Mm-hmm. This man is a multimillionaire and has he hits his kids. Like, Well, they're literally, and speaking of that, a little mm-hmm. side note, I saw on, I think it was on TikTok or on Twitter or something, that one of their kids was posting on social media being like, happy Father's Day to the guy I don't consider my fucking father. Like, she, like shitting yeah. on them. And then was like, happy Mother's Day to the best mom ever. I love you. Yeah. Like, bitch. Exactly. Like, fuck that man. You could be the wealthiest person in the world. That doesn't mean you're not going to be an abusive mm-hmm. dickhead to your kids. Jesus and Christ. that's exactly what happened with Joan Crawford. She was horrific. No, the quote of the no wire hangers. Literally, there is like they show it in a scene of the movie that this is one of the ones that sticks in my head forever is she literally came in to Christina's bedroom in the middle of the night, woke her up because she saw one of her beautiful expensive dresses was hung up on a wire hanger by the way this kid was like seven she's not hanging up her own clothes no. they had mates this was a wealthy woman oh my god and decided to take that out on her tiny child and literally beat her mercilessly with a wire hanger and then forced her to scrub the floors of her Jesus bathroom fucking christ in the middle of the night this oh was a god. child she should be sleeping having sweet little child dreams jesus this is what this woman did so fucked up oh my god that's a horrible case fuck you yeah, for fuck I'm you so for making sorry. making me know about that that's horrible yeah. oh my god somewhat knew about georgia tan before i didn't do this big of a deep dive i had heard about the like sadly enough the the dead babies thing before mm. because of an episode of deadly women which mm. they didn't even cover half of how fucked up that she was mm. in that episode of deadly women but I kind of knew about her before, and then once I had stumbled across, like, an article that was basically saying, like, unsolved mysteries during the times when they kind of actually solved mysteries, Mm -hmm. Um, and this was one of the things on that list, and then went into a rabbit hole of, this is one of the most fucked up things I've ever heard in my entire life. Jesus Christ. Yeah, fuck that shit. Uh Uh-uh. Fuck that. Uh Uh-uh. I'm, mm mm-mm. Nope. I'm, mm mm-mm. So, um. Horrible. Just... Put on your put on your brown pants, guys, because we got a bunch of really fucked up shit coming up. This included mostly child related. I'm yeah, so I don't sorry. Know I don't know what the theme is. I don't. Of this I, going on right now. I haven't researched a case since the Chris Watts case, so a good mm-hmm. probably four or five weeks, if not more than that. And I just happened to look at our our list. I I was on t- I think it was on TikTok, mm-hmm. and I saw a TikTok of a um of a t- showing of a picture of a woman, and was like it kind of like said like what she briefly did to these mm-hmm. kids and then i was like oh that looks fucked up so i researched it and it is like mm-hmm. fucking oh my god like this shit like it's, it's gonna be like one of those cases that's shorter i don't think mm-hmm. you've ever heard of it it happened okay. recently it happened in 2012 oh, well. so it happened like 10 years ago i don't know if you've ever heard of it um but it'll be interesting to, to talk about because yeah. it talks about um like mental illness and shit like that and it's just oh my god oh yeah it's a whole thing so we're so sorry i don't know why we keep picking so many child cases which is funny because we're not doing like we weren't doing the, the best and so we just tried to cho- no. we decided to choose these shitty cases yeah that like actively made my mental health worse yeah whereas like when we were doing good it was like we were doing like spooky stuff granted it was also fall yeah. so like that makes sense so we but... were having a fun time yeah anyway so yeah if you want to um be prepared to be traumatized you can follow us on our social media so you can follow us on instagram at 
Figures in the Dark. You can follow us on Twitter at Figures in the Dark, but dark spelled D-R-K. And we have powder to let us know that our Gmail is called Figures in the Dark Podcast at gmail.com. And you can, oh, you can also like or share our Facebook page at Figures in the Dark. And then um, you can, if you just heard powder against the mic. Uh, she just <laughs> scraped her whole head against it. Sorry. Um. And you can listen to us on all major streaming platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Um, and, you know, yeah, have fun. Have fun. Thank you, guys. And thank you for listening. And as always, beware the figures in the dark. And don't adopt kids from Georgia Town because she's no. a shitbag. So, right. Avoid that lady. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.